All right. Good morning, everybody. You guys excited to be here this morning? Forgot to dismiss a little crumb snatcher, so all the children can head to that door right there. All the little guys. Hey, give the uh, worship band a hand, if you will. I usually get the opportunity to lead that motley crew, uh, but it's always awesome to see them sing today. And, and then, uh, you know, Cedric's up here, man. I'm thinking, man, he's playing like the worst worship song to me personally. I mean, I love Jesus paid it all, but man, I'm like, ah, oh, is he going to sing that song? I, I, I got to tell you, and I got issues. I'm, I'm telling you right off the bat, I got issues. But when I was a kid, they sang one part of that song that I used to hate. You wouldn't guess what it is, and I'm telling you it's because of my own issues. But they used to sing, he washed us white as snow. I was like, oh, no, baby, no. I don't want to be washed. It's my own personal issues. I know. And, and so in a multi-ethnic, multi-racial church, sometimes you just got to call it as it is. It was my issue. So I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't groove into that last song at all. But I got a pass, so just pray for me. Pray, pray my strength in the Lord, as my mom used to say back in the day. Uh, man, but it's so, it's so exciting to be here. And then one of the singers had the nerve to have on Bengals colors. Did you see that? It's a distraction to me. Can't be singing worship. It's too early to be, you know, kind of rooting for the Bengals. I, at least I say so. You just never know. You never know. It's a little bit early. Uh, but hey, uh, it is glad, I'm so glad to be here and it is exciting to be in the house of God, the place and where God's spirit dwells. And so today, as Cedric uh, mentioned, uh, the guy leading in worship today, man, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Wusa. The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Now, we don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit. I mean, we sing songs, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And I, I don't know about you, but I don't really like the ghost part too much. But I know when we say the Holy Ghost, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I know we don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit because we know uh, that, hey, we believe in the Trinity, that it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Or if you choose, you can say Holy Ghost. But we, so we know that that's part of the Godhead. And, and, and we, I mean, we respect that. But I think, as Cedric said, way too often... Uh, we go through our lives, especially us who are believers, and we just don't give uh, the Holy Spirit the respect that it, that it needs. And so today, we're talking about hazardous but secure is our sermon series. Today, uh, my particular topic is called Spirit Powered. And, and I, I didn't like that when, uh, when Drew said, hey, Daryl, your week's coming up to preach, and so uh, if you're up to it, uh, here is your topic. And I was like, yeah, I'm up to it. Then I opened it up and I saw Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, my goodness. That's, that's a hot topic. Uh, but I, I, today, I really believe that it doesn't necessarily have to be. I believe that God will open up to us through his very word and help us to shake off some of the, the ideas and stereotypes and ways and thoughts that we may have that would hinder the Holy Spirit from having its full effect in our lives. Notice I say his because the Holy Spirit is a person. Man, I believe uh, when I grew up as a kid, I thought that, you know, they, they used to tell us, man, watch out because sister so-and-so is going to catch the spirit. Anybody ever have, anybody know, I mean... Maybe I'm just talking. Anybody else here besides me ever know about Sister So-and-so? That, I mean, okay, I see a few people of color who... But I, and there was this lady who just always did this crazy stuff. And I thought, man, I don't want to catch that. You know? Do they have something we can take so we won't catch? Cause that, and I thought, I don't want to... 
I don't, I don't want that. And I would go to churches with my dad. He was a deacon in the Baptist church. And man, there we had some pretty particular ideas about the Holy Spirit. But man, we would go around and people would be like, oh, he's, oh they just caught the Spirit. Caught the Spirit? I'm like, what? <laughs> Is somebody on? And I don't mean to be sacrilegious. And if that's your experience, forgive me. Uh, I'm an equal opportunity offender. And so I promise you today, <laughs> someone's going to go out here and there'll be a nasty gram, an email or something that'll be sent with my name on it. And Drew is so gracious not to send those to me. So next time I preach, I'll offend again. Isn't it good to be among family? But but really, seriously, man, the, the question today is, is not only do we, I mean, we, we know the Bible tells us clearly when you receive God, if you receive Christ, there's no doubt about it. You have the Holy Spirit. Now, I didn't think that when I was a kid. They told me, man, you know, just wait a while and then you're going to receive. We're going to pray for you so that you get the Holy. But if the Holy Spirit is part of God, how do I get God without? I mean, if I receive Drew, what? How do I just get part of Drew? You know what I'm saying? If, if, the, if, the, if the Godhead is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, then I can't walk through life saying I've received God, but yet somehow I'm waiting uh, for the rest of Him to come along. I mean, it sounds silly, but I, I thought that way back then. And so that's one of the first myths I like to debunk is the fact that, man, if you're in Christ, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then, then know that the Holy Spirit is resident in you, is resident inside of you, the very Spirit of God. In fact, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you and inside of me. But here's our challenge today. Are we living a Spirit-empowered life? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the question that we have to ask ourselves. Are we? And I, and I know we have to come to grips with that individually. I mean, we live in an individualistic world where everything is about us. But, but, but my question to you today is, are we as a church, are we as College Hill Presbyterian Church, are we living together a spirit-empowered life as we walk and as we move throughout this community and throughout the beyond these, these doors at this church? That is the question today. Say, I look at my notes and, and, and I love the fact that we are, that we are an evangelistically powered church. That's a good thing. And man, we are a discipleship church. We're, we're powered for that. And, and I love that some of us here are even socially justice minded and there's, there's a social justice uh, mind towards power. But, but I wonder if we really realize that we ought to be, that we need to be. In fact, if we are to be the children of God, the church that Jesus said that the gates of hell would not prevail against, then we're going to have to be people who walk and talk and who are spirit empowered. That's you and that's me. So, so, so today, listen, no matter what stereotypes you have about the Holy Spirit, you need to cast them aside today and receive the word of God today. Man, my Bible said in the book of John that, that, they, that Jesus called him the spirit of truth. And so my prayer for you today, and, man, and even my prayer for myself, is that I begin to walk more in the power of the spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about today. And make no mistake about it, man, I'm, I'll be the last person to stand here and tell you that we need to be talking bad about those who speak in tongues. Man, uh, Paul talked about it in the, in the first, uh, was it, in Corinthians, in chapter 14, he went all through it. And he says, man, you know, some of you speak in tongues and other of you, you, you prophesy. He says, man, but let, let it be done decently in order. And, and no one should be speaking in tongues in church unless there's going to be some interpretation. And I got to tell you, throughout my life as a believer, there have been times in church, man, when I, when people have spoken out and I've been up here in seventh position and, and I had to speak out and says, you know what? I believe what that person's saying is this. 
And, and so because you shouldn't do it without an interpretation, that's what it says. And so, so I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the work of the Holy Spirit today and in many ways the same way that it was there. But, 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 but I think too often we who are Presbyterians, we are in, in our church culture here. And, and I'm telling you, I, I'm just like you. I, I told him in the first service, I am a car-carrying, bonafide, genuine, uh, uh, Reformation movement, uh, EP, that is Eco Presbyterian Church member. There's no doubt about it. But I gotta tell you, man, there have been times in my walk with Jesus where I know that I know that I know that I prayed in tongues. I know that it was a thing of God. But, but I can tell you, I, there have been other times, man, when I, st- I stood in circles with people and man, they were going in with it. You know what I mean? Have you been in one of those groups? Oh, they're going in with it. And I'm standing there, my hands are held. I'm like, man, they're, 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 they're feeling something, I guess. And I'm thinking about, like, what are we going to do for lunch? And how long is this going to take? I mean, I, I was speaking in some tongues, but, but I can't tell you it was by the Holy. I was, I might as well have been saying, humbug, 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 humbug. When are y'all going to get this over with? Now, my kids joke a lot. And they say, well, Daryl, we know how to speak in tongues. All you need to do is just say, uh, who stole the key to my Honda really fast? Who stole the key to my Honda? And so I'm like, no, that's not what it's all about. You can't do that. Then they say, well, dad, it, 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 it's like he come up on a Monday. Just say that really fast and then you got it. But I think that there's more to it than that. And, and I say that in just, and I'm sorry if, if I offend you because I'm telling you, I know that I know that I know that I've saw, I've seen with my very eyes, God do some things. I've watched, man, I, I, I told him in the, the first service, my daughter recently, Melody, uh, and you guys have been praying for her. She's been serving as a missionary over in, uh, over in Africa, in Uganda, and, and she's there a second year just doing amazing things and being a part of a real movement of God there. But recently I talked to her, and, and she was praying that she would get back home for Christmas. A uh, big deal in our family. Uh, we just love Christmas. So she's like, Dad, I really want to make it back, but I don't have the funds. But Dad, she said, listen, I remember, and my daughter, Hope, the one who was wearing the bingo stuff, she might remember this. She said, Dad, I remember back when we were, when we were, we, we were in Jamaica and you, and you guys were missionaries over there and we were just little guys. And you remember that time when the power was out? Like, we didn't have any power in the house. There weren't any lights and we had these candles. It was this weird thing going on. Remember, we were, we didn't, we didn't have enough money to get back to the States for Christmas and you were like bummed out about it. And then remember when you and mom were sitting there at that table and you guys were just kind of praying in those tongues things? That's what she said. You were praying. She said, do you remember you guys are doing that? And then, and then, dad, I remember it. It wasn't even an hour later. And this is a true story. It wasn't even an hour later. And all of a sudden the phone rang in a place where you rarely get calls from the States. And all of a sudden a guy on the other line said, hey, hey, Daryl, you don't know me. And uh, I really don't know you. But there's a person that supports you that has a friend I know. And that person told me to give you a call because what we're doing is we're coming over to Jamaica uh, for our wedding and we're flying our whole wedding party over on my private jet. And so what we were thinking is maybe you guys, if you want to come back for the holidays, you guys could hop a ride with us. I said, well, hold on, let me pray in the spirit about that for a while. <laughs> Who stole the key to my Honda? But, but, but I, was, I was like, oh man, look at God. I was like, so I mean, we got the phone like kids, you wouldn't believe this. And man, and it was the most amazing experience. I mean, here we get on a, I mean, we're missionaries, you know, we, we didn't have, we, we hardly had any money. Here we, we're, we're getting a flight back. They're flying us back to, to, uh, Birmingham and that's a totally different country. I mean, that's, and they're flying us back to Alabama, where, where they're from. And then we get there and then they're paying for us to have tickets to fly back to Cincinnati, man. And you talk about my family sitting around that table after we had just got finished an hour before speaking in these strange tongues things that we didn't really even know ourselves. And then God does something. 
And I remember riding on that plane, man, and it was just sitting there, and they had the TVs were like these little screens, these plush leather seats, and I was like, yeah, man, this is this is a life. And, and then they started passing around champagne and wine, and I was thinking, man, I'm not a Presbyterian yet. And so <laughs> I had to pass on the champagne and wine. If I had known, man, I would have converted to... But So I, I had to take the Coke and the orange juice, and I look back... And I still have regrets about that. But, but, I, but, I, but I say that in jest. But, but, but I hope you get the sense of what I'm saying today, man. It's so easy to look and judge an experience that maybe we haven't had in our own lives. And hey, and I'll be the first to tell you, I, I'm not telling you need to have that experience. And, and if somebody were to break out in something like that on Sunday morning, there's either one or two responses. Hey, man, let's strike up a friend of God really loud and really fast. That'd be one of them. I might panic. Or somebody's going to have to just give an interpretation. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm looking for that to happen. But what I am saying is that sometimes God does things that we don't always understand. As I look in the Word, I see things that just doesn't resonate with my mind. At one point, I see this is happening there and that's happening there. And yet, I do know this, that we need to be Spirit-powered people who walk and talk and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Acts 1.8, uh, Drew preached on it last week. And you shall receive what? Power. Come on, we can do better. You shall receive what? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, there's that word again, the Holy Spirit comes up. And, and then it says that you should be witnesses unto Jerusalem and Judea and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And, and it doesn't say that you will receive tongues when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I mean, it just doesn't say that. I mean, I, I don't know why it doesn't. Because in another place, I saw Paul in Acts 9, he laid hands on people and they began to speak in tongues. It said that the Spirit gave utterance. And then here... So I don't understand that all, and I can't come up here and pretend to you that I do. But I do know that we have a God who wants us to be spirit-powered, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means uh, today. So uh, first, let's just take a look and read together through our whole bumper passage here, I call it, in Acts 2. Let's just read through the whole thing really quickly. Acts 2, 1 through 14. I think I probably warmed up half my sermon time, but let's go through it real quick here. Acts 2, 1 through 14. It says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under the heaven. And at their, at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of them speaking in our own native language? And then in verse 9 and 10, it starts telling what all these languages are. And I think you might better read that better than me. But you hear all the people who are gathered there that day. And, and really that represented everyone. I mean, people from all different nationalities, different nations, different, different races. And then in verse 7, it says this. Both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. Verse 12, and all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mock, saying, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of God. I think I was, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, so let's take a look here. I got two major key points I want to point out. I'm, I'm trying to really get learn how to do the point thing really well. Sometimes I get carried away with stories, so I'm, I'm going, I got points today. So mark that down. Next time it's time for evaluation, just remember this one sermon. I got points. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
So, so I got two points here. I want you to know that power has a price and power has a purpose. And our first point is the price of power is preparation. That's not going to be on your screen, but you can write it down if you want or you can memorize it. The price of power is preparation. Now, we know it's not our power, is it? Whose power is it? Yeah. See, that price, though, that has to be paid is called preparation. And see, we can look through scripture after scripture and we can see how long before they got to Acts 2, where it says that the wind came in and the Holy Spirit filled them. Long before that, God said to a group of 120 people through Jesus, his son, he says, hey, I need you guys to wait. And so they waited in this upper room and the Bible says they did one major thing. What did they do? They prayed. Hmm. 120 of them, and actually it says, including women. Now, when I first thought, I thought, man, that's kind of strange. 120 of them, including women. Not that, you know, women should, but I, but I saw for the first time, I think God was saying that, that they were moving from a state where, where maybe they were a little bit exclusive and God was now trying to transform them to inclusivity. I think it might have had something to do with the Holy Spirit coming. Acts 1 day, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But the price of power is, uh, it's preparation. Uh, as I as I look back over my years as a, a young police officer, there there were many people, many many young people who I saw crash and burn uh, because Daddy had given the keys to the seat of power in some fancy car, but they hadn't done the preparation work and poured into their minds and their hearts the right mindset. I look back and I told them in the first service, man, I was I was at my son's 16th birthday. I was so excited. He was 16 years old. Sweet 16. And, and against uh, my wife's better judgment, not mine, I, I went out and, and I bought this 1984 Toyota MR2, candy apple red, shiny. Did I, did I say anything yet about the rims? I mean, they were shiny and polished. And man, I was so excited about that. He had no idea he was inside with his friends celebrating his birthday and they did the happy birthday thing. And I reached into the pocket. Here you go, kid. What's this, dad? Take a look at those keys. Oh, man. Oh, what? Go out in the driveway and take a look at what the old man did. Oh, yeah, I was feeling pretty powerful. He went out into the driveway. I mean, 16 years old, he looked like, what? And, and there's a picture. We have one picture really quick here that I wanted to point out. To you. There it is. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and take a look. Now, those rims aren't quite right. I pulled that off of Google. But, 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 but I, he walked out there and he looked at that baby. And he's like, Dad, oh, my goodness. And I says, hey, son, let me tell you. If you look in the front, they have these lights that kind of pop up real neat. And that second picture, where's that second picture at? Come on, come on. Oh, there it is right there. I said, man, I got to tell you, son, they have these lights. And he was such a good, they have these lights that pop up. Go ahead and hop in the driver's seat. Let's tie this thing out. He says, but dad, I mean, no, kid, go get in the car, man. Let's do this. His, his friends are out cheering on the front porch like, yeah, Gabe, Gabe. So he, Gabe jumps in the front and I get in the passenger side and I put it in neutral because it was a five speed. Oh, man. I put it in neutral. I says, go ahead and crank her up. He started up like, yeah, Dad, this is nice. He says, no, man, put something, you know, let's test her out. You know, put, put, put a little foot on the pedal there. Push her in. He began, and it began to hum and rev like, yeah. You feel that power? Like, yeah, yeah, Dad, I feel that. I says, you know what we ought to do? We ought to, we ought to, we ought to take her out for a spin. All of a sudden, I looked over my wife, and she gave me uh, what we know in our house is the stank eye. <laughs> now, I don't know if you know about the stank eye, but... She looked over at me and says, well, Daryl, you need to be careful. I don't think he's ready for this. Ah, oh, don't worry about it. We got this. Let's take her on out for a little ride. He says, but dad, dad, I, I, I don't know how to drive a stick shift. I mean, I was like, oh, give me them keys, boy, I said. And 
come on over here. Let me show you how this thing works. And I got in the passenger side, and I was like, hey, we're about to go out here and go for a spin. I says, Gabe, if you look up, you notice the tops come off on a good day. You can get out there, and I, your hair, I mean, I don't have much, but your hair can be blown up. Man, this is the, this, this, this is the car. And he's like, but Dad, I mean, I don't even, I don't drive much. I mean, I don't, I'm just learning. Like, come on, let's go. And I revved her up, my, and, and she said, Daryl, you need to be careful. Oh, no, I got my FOP plates on the back. We're good to go. We got out there and, you know, burned a little rubber getting out in the street. And, uh, man, it was it was a great day. Uh, but then uh, later that night, I donned my police uniform. And I was a young cop then, uh, way back before I hung up the guns. And I got out there, and we were just doing routine patrol stuff. I worked the night shift. And, and then uh, all of a sudden, we get a call about a serious uh, uh, fatal accident uh, that had occurred on the highway. And let's pull up that next picture, that third picture, if you will, and, and see... That wasn't the exact car, because I'll pull that off the internet, too. It's amazing what you can get there. But it wasn't that exact car, but, man, I was like, oh, my goodness. And I, and I got out, and one guy didn't make it. And then the other guys, we rolled up on the same. We were pretty close. He got out, and his foot that was supposed to be facing this way was turning facing the other way. But he didn't know it, and he stepped out on the ground. And I'm like, hey, 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 just sit down. And, man, there was blood everywhere. Just a bad scene. And. And, and, and all of a sudden, man, the, the light bulb came on, you see. Power without preparation leads to pride. And pride always comes before what? Yeah. Pride always comes before the Paul. See, someone had given him a lot of power, but he, he wasn't ready for that power. Now, I went home after the shift. You know, it was still dark outside. I got home, man, and... You know, man, I was still just shaken by what I had experienced. And sometimes you, you, you get to the age I am now, and you still never shake some of those moments. So I, I remember going up to the room, and, and like I said, this, this is the real deal. And I, I took those keys. Man, he, he never saw that, that MR2 again. Oh, I mean, he, he never saw it again. I got, I got rid of that thing. You see, he wasn't ready for the power yet. It wasn't anything wrong with the car. He just wasn't ready yet. He hadn't, he hadn't done the preparation work. And in fact, I hadn't done the preparation work in getting him ready for that power. Now, Hope will remember this because my daughter, Hope, who was the Bengals, because after that, I went out, and this time I went shopping responsibly. It was a 1988 Dodge Caravan. You remember that one, the blue one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was the kind with the wood grain on the side to remind you of a certain generation. This is the kind of thing. And, and I know she may remember, but they ended up passing that on down from kid to kid. Because power without preparation leads to pride, and it always uh, leads to a fall. I remember uh, being a young person, proud because I, 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 w- I was able to, yeah, I speak in tongues like Paul more than you all. I, mean, I remember having pride about the things that I thought were the miracles. Oh, man, I got the gifts. Pride always leads to a fall. Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. But that power has a purpose. Point two, and that purpose is promotion. Power, the purpose of power is promotion, promoting Jesus and not promoting ourselves. He says, you will be witness unto me in Jerusalem and Judea. And we saw that taking place in Acts 2 there. And you ever think about what a witness is my, my, during my time in, in law enforcement? Man, a witness does a couple, three things. A witness either testifies of what they've seen uh, themselves or what they've heard or maybe of what their experience is. But they never, 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 never stand in court and try to testify about what someone else told them. Hearsay! That's what, the, that's, that's what the attorney, uh, judge, they need to strike that. That's hearsay. We don't need to hear what you say that they say. What do you yourself know about? What have you experienced? What have you heard? And what do you know about yourself? What have you seen? 
And, and I wonder as I think about what it means to be spirit-powered believers. I wonder if the reason why we aren't the witnesses that it says that we need to be is maybe we, maybe we haven't really walked close enough with God to be able to see the things that God sees. Maybe, maybe we're not close enough at times where we're able to hear what God says. And maybe, maybe we don't have the experiences in our lives. I'm not talking about miracles and, and all this. I'm talking about the God that we serve. Maybe we don't really know him well enough to really be a witness. I think too often we think we need to go out there and just tell uh, someone a whole bunch of scriptures and, and carry this big Bible. And, and I used to do that, believe it or not. We, we think we need to go out there and do all that stuff. But I think Jesus is saying to us right here, we need to be witnesses. And as we look at this passage, I'm amazed at what, what, what God does here on the day of Pentecost. I think it's the beginning of, of something great. It says, first of all, in verse 1, that they were together in one place. Now, I don't know if you caught that, but the King James says that they were in one accord. There's that Honda thing again, one accord. But, but the Bible says that they were together in one place. And I think too often, man, we're, we're, we're in one place. But the question is, are we really together? Are we really together? Are we really together? It's easy to come to church and sing the songs. Oh, hey, bro. But are we really together in one accord? I think when we're in one accord, then we can really be the spirit-powered people that the world needs us to be in the age that we live in now. love what it says next in verse 2. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. I find it interesting that it didn't say a whole lot about what they were able to see then. It's just They just heard something. I mean, they, they, they were just sitting there going about doing what God had told them to do. And then, and then all of a sudden they just heard something and it, and it came in strong and it came in powerful. It doesn't say this stuff was blowing all over the place, but it said that they, they heard something. Now I want to propose to you that maybe we've been hearing, we've been hearing for quite a while, but now God is ready to do some, some filling. Make no mistake about it. We already have the Holy Spirit. But I wonder sometimes, man, if you're like me, I, I wonder if you find yourself like I find myself even right now where, but God, I've, I've been living my life going along, being the Sunday going to church, meeting Daryl Davis, leading the worship band, but I really don't live my life with the kind of power that people need when I, when I encounter them and when they encounter me in my everyday life. God, I, I cry out, God, I, I was this week, I was, God, I, I just need more of you in my life. I, I want more of you. Jesus, I need to, to live like you. I, I'm tired of living like, I'm tired of coming in here and walking the walk of religiosity instead of being filled with the Spirit and, and walking about in power, knowing that when I encounter those in my everyday life that they have an experience with the living God. I don't know if you hunger like I hunger, but man, but I see here that it takes more than a sound. The Bible says that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the neat thing is, is, is what happened from that is that uh, Paul in verse 38, if we look at Acts 2.30, it says, And Peter said to them, here's what he told the crowd. After they had all gathered, they had come and they had run from all over the place. Every nation, every tribe, every kindred just coming around uh, from that city. And, and he said to them, hey, listen, guys, what you need to do is you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What you need to do is you need to repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you will receive the gift of tongues now. I mean, uh, so, so, so today, if you're here and you don't know Christ, man, today is a perfect day to repent, be baptized, and to receive the Holy Spirit. I promise you, you're not going to catch anything crazy. Nobody's going to shake your head. I used to do. Nobody's going to do anything. But, but you, will, you will walk into, by receiving the Holy Spirit, you'll enter into a whole new life with God, as they did here. I love what verse 39 says. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. The promise is for you 
and your children and for all who are far off, everyone to whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Are we living a spirit-powered life? Do we recognize the difference between having the Holy Spirit and God in our lives and having a hunger and God, I want, I want it to overflow. I want, it, I want it not to just be something for me, but I want the life that's in me to radiate out and for people I come in contact for them to know that this thing is really real. It's not just a game, but it's really, really real. I, um, I read in Galatians where it talked about walking in the Spirit, you know, walking in the Spirit. And I, and I, and I looked at that and I said, God, that, that doesn't... That's, that's not a picture of what my life is like often. I, I'm on the go. Are any of you on the go? You know, you're on the go. You, you go about doing what you have to do, taking care of your business, and, and you don't often see the people who are in need of just a simple touch from someone who knows the real God, a person who's truly spirit-powered. Uh, it wasn't too long ago on the, on the, the, uh, the street I, I live on, before I, I'm going to close with this, but there was a, a lady who uh, my daughter Hope will remember this too. She was there. There's a lady who, who, who frequently walked around our neighborhood and, um, and she lived just, I mean, there was a house here across from mine and one house over. And the sad thing is I don't even know her name. Like I don't, I don't, I, I never took time to really talk to her other than say, hey, no, no, don't have anything for you. Be- because she was a serious alcoholic. I mean, she was of retirement age. And this, this, this is the bougie part of College Hill. I'm thinking, man, I'm mowing my lawn. I'm, I'm trying to do all the things that makes me seem like that I've got it all together. And, and she comes over. Hey, is there a way you can call a taxi for me? Because day after day after day, I kid you not, she took a taxi up and came back with her booze and drank herself finally to death itself. And I remember before she died, I mean, Hope came over. Remember, Hope, she came over for a gathering of a bunch of Christians at my house. And we were having a great time. Oh, yeah, we were. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she came ringing the doorbell and knocking on the door, and she had wet her clothes, and, and we came out, and she fell over the bushes. I thought she got hurt. But, but you know what I didn't do? I, I didn't call on the Lord. You know what I did? Give me the phone. Let me, let me call 911. See? We need, we need to get her, get her out of here. I, I got guests here. and we, Hope was leaving. You remember Hope? She was leaving for the... Uh, for the night heading home and I called for an Uber for her and Hope didn't know and she came out and said, Dad, there's this lady, like Hope, just go on your way. We, we know who she is. My neighbors tell me all the time. She'd come over, no, I don't have a, you can't use my phone. Nope. Stop paying her phone bill. No, I'm sorry, can't help you. Where, where was a spirit-powered Daryl who comes in here, oh yes, God is real. Where, where, where was the Holy Spirit, the God of power in my life at that moment? Maybe today, uh, maybe you live your life often like I live my life, where we don't see the people uh, that God wants to show us. It's a funny thing when they were singing that uh, song earlier, about uh, asking God to breathe on us again. And my prayer for you is the same as me, that, man, that we would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that God would breathe new life in us. I, I read in the Old Testament, and I, I thought about as I was sitting there. Remember, remember Ezekiel, Ezekiel, the guy in the Old Testament? Remember, remember how God brought him out, and he looked out, and he saw the people all around, but they were like dead men. They, they were like bones all around. And remember, he sat there, and he looked around, and God said, Hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And, and, and if I remember the story correctly, he looked around like, God, man, I... You, you alone know. I mean, I, look at this. I mean, I don't, you, you alone know 
if these bones can live again. And I look in our community, I look in College Hill, I look in our city, in our state, I look across our country at our government today, and sometimes I, I, I wonder, man, can we, can, they, can we come together, can these bones live again? Or is it too late? God, only you know. But then God did an amazing. He says, no, no, here's what I want you to do. Speak to the bones is what he said. Speak to, you know, you speak to the bones is what he told Ezekiel. Man, I, I, I held my head down in shame because I remember the lady who, who, was, who was the dry bones right across from me and I, and I failed to speak to her. No, I, I talked to the hands, pretty much what I was saying. Man, I, I want once again to, to have God breathe in me like he did in Ezekiel. And then the Bible says, man, he began to speak. And then all of a sudden, uh, they begin to get bones and skin. I mean, this is the real deal. The Bible is full of great stories like this. And all of a sudden, the, they were there. And then, then God says, look at them. You notice that, that they're there, but they're not alive yet. But what they need is breath. And then the Bible says that, that, that Ezekiel called on, on the spirit. He says, man, from the north, from the south, and from the east, come and breathe again. The Bible says that they lived again. Man, I wonder as I stand here today, as I look at Acts 2, I wonder if God can, can breathe again in our community. I wonder if you and I can stand up and be the people that we need to do and speak to the bones that we see in our school systems. I wonder if we can speak to the dead bones in our own families when we walk by them day in and day out, when we encounter them and we do nothing, we say nothing. I wonder if we, the people of God, can say, God, fill us again to the over point. Breathe in us and let us breathe out life unto those we encounter in our everyday life. I don't know about you, man, but aren't you, t- aren't you tired of just status quo Christianity? I mean, they look at us and they wonder, where, where, where is the real power? I'm not talking about the, the, some healing going on where we, we're shaking people and telling. No, I'm talking about the healing that, that needs to take place in the hearts of men and hearts of women where people are, are broken and dying every day in our cities and we walk by them every day. I don't have time. I'm on the way to church. Remember, I, I look and I see Jesus and these guys and they walked on the way to the church. Man, I don't, I don't have any money to give you, but here's what I got. And they reached out and they touched him. I wonder if you have time, if I have time, to touch people in our community. We hear this dude, Paul, talking about all the prescriptions and it's all good stuff, man. But it means nothing unless we go about it being filled with the Spirit of God. Hey, uh, bow your heads with me as I, as I close out. Hey, God, uh. I thank you for the work that you're doing here in this community of faith. Thank you for how you're reaching out through so many people here already and making such a dent in the lives of people who are so far from you, who are broken and lost. Uh, But God, today, man, many of us need to repent because we are broken ourselves. We need you, Holy Spirit, to breathe in us. We want to receive that power that will allow us not to go a witness, but just to be witnesses of your love and your grace. And God, so breathe on us again. God, we, we speak to the bones in, in our community, in our cities, in our home, homes even, God. And Man, we say from the north, south, east, and the west, breathe, breathe on us again. God, we, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, God, we, uh, we commit the rest of our day to you, to going out of here, not just being uh, hearers of your word, but being doers also. And that, uh, that name of Jesus, amen. Amen.